morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You are with the Double L team, Lyle and... Lawson! Lawson, how are you this morning? I'm great. What are you thankful for this morning? Oh, I'm just walking around with heavy pockets, Lyle. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> let me let me suggest a way in which you might lighten those pockets, Lawson. Oh yeah, how, yeah. how so? Well, just uh, empty the contents from your direction to my direction. <laughs> I would be more than happy to help you with that problem. Uh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sold I sold a computer yesterday, and so I've got like eleven hundred bucks in my wallet. Nice. Uh, yeah, I haven't been able to like because. You know, I'm with Westpac, you go to the smart ATM and chuck all your money in and it takes it. But, like, I don't have one close to me. They shut down the Westpac bank in my, like, suburb. So, I'm, like, going to go do it this morning. So, yeah. Very, good, very nice. Good stuff. I, I'm kind of, yeah, getting into the buying and selling scene. I know that you're kind of about it at the moment. You, you're yeah, right. I've sort of been doing it for two years now, I guess. Mm. When I started selling junk. Yeah. Uh, Classic. Just sold all of the junk that I had. And it's, it's amazing what you can sell on Facebook Marketplace. It's yeah. just you get the most random thing and it's like, I'm going to throw this in the wheel bin. No, I'll put it on Marketplace. And then somebody comes and gives you five bucks for it. And it's like, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Save me, put it in the wheel bin. That's awesome. What are you grateful for this morning? Best form of recycling. I'm. Did I, have I been grateful for the studio yet? Not for this studio, the film studio. Have I done that one yet? I think you've talked about it, but, like, you can be grateful for it today. Okay, so we just got donated uh, from a studio that's closing down an enormous amount of, I mean, a huge amount of studio equipment to set one up right here so that we can actually have a film studio as well as a Faith FM radio studio. Wow. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Okay, Lawson, tell us about some positively different news. So I'm going on a bit of an astronomy theme today. I love astronomy so much. Yeah, this is so cool. Amazing things happening in the world of yes. astronomy at the moment. Well, I feel like there's all the billionaires sending themselves to space, which is pretty, pretty yeah, that's, interesting. Um, I believe in space travel. Yeah. I think it's important. I believe in advancing science, and we know so much about God and about creation because we've been able to go to space and learn so much about it. Mm. Joyriding? Yeah. I'm yet to be convinced. It's it's like... Having a, said that, I'd love to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? It's like, a two-fold, it's like a two-sided coin, I think, because, like, on the one hand, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just joyriding. On the other hand, like, the privatization of, of any industry because then there's there's a market and there's competition. competition and, and it pushes it forward. Yeah, it pushes it forward. So it's been, it's been a good thing. It's been a kind of bad thing that's just kind of struck the egos of billionaires. But um, oh, speaking about this morning, my first story, the complete opposite of stroking the egos of billionaires, um, the first ever moon, uh, well, a new moon has been discovered uh, uh, orbiting around Jupiter, which is not the first. This is its 80th moon, but it's the wow. first time that... It doesn't it, have 80 moons. Dude, it's crazy. Imagine the, imagine if we had 80 moons, like the tide that would be going on <laughs> in the world. But the coolest thing about this is that this is the first ever moon of Jupiter that's been discovered by an amateur astronomer. So just someone doing oh, it as a just, hobby. Just someone in their backyard with pulling out the telescope yep. and going, wait a minute, what's yep. this moon? This one's not coming up on my moon map of Jupiter. Dude, it's epic. Kylie, uh, who is a, um, 
yeah, a young school student, essentially. Um, they've just been, you know, got the telescopes out, having a look around, and they have found Jupiter's 80th moon, which is really interesting to me. Nice round like, number. Yeah, isn't it good? It's yes. like, yeah, the, you, you have... 79 is a bit lame. It is a bit lame. It's so, well, you know, you have 50 stars in the American flag. You have 50 stars in the flag of... Ju- uh, 80 stars in the flag of Jupiter representing uh, all its moons. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. And, and I feel like the cool thing is, is like... You know, we look at space and particularly like we, we can see, I was reading yesterday about like solar flares that they've seen coming out of black holes, like 1500 light years away, like literally millions and millions and millions of kilometers away. And it's like, oh, surely there's not anything more to find in our solar system. And then this person in their backyard is just like, Oh, there's a new moon. <laughs> That's um, epic. Jupiter. Um, so, you know, they're kind of in the process now. They've submitted their evidence and their findings to, you know, the different governing bodies, to scientific journals and NASA and all that stuff. Um, and they've cut, like, they've come back good. Yep. They're like, mate, like, That's a new you're, moon. you're really on point. Did 80 they get moons to, did now. They, did they name it after the kid? No, unfortunately, they haven't named it yet. Okay. So, probably get but a, like, I hope I hope it becomes the car. It probably becomes like the L four nine three six eight five moon seven two four. Well, because like the but name it after the kid for crying out. Yeah. Loud. Well, because the first ever moon that well the, the the largest moon of Jupiter is like the Ganymede. That mm-hmm. has an awesome name. Yes. They should name it the Kai. Absolutely. How good of a name is that? Yes. That's the Kai right there. Uh-huh. All right, let's have a look at some more astronomy news. NASA, for the first time, has um, measured and mapped out the interior of Mars. Oh, cool. Um, cool, which cool, is cool. really interesting because, like, to do that, they use the same method which we do here on Earth, which is um, by measuring, the, like, the seismic activity yes. of the planet. Um, unfortunately, unlike when they do it in Australia, uh, as well, when they do it on Earth where they... um lay out, like, hundreds and hundreds of testing instruments that can measure it all. Uh, They just have, like, you know, the the InSight rover um, that kind of travels around. And uh, But they built, uh, before they sent it up there, they obviously, this was something that they wanted to do, and they built, like, a seismic, um, like, a seismometer that essentially is super-duper sensitive. Yes. Um, It has the ability to, like, mount itself to the ground and, you know, get... I I wonder what happened when it actually landed. It would have just sent oh, it's signals like, off the chart. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, we've got a 15 on the Richter scale <laughs> earthquake. Well, a Mars quake. Well, that's actually how they do it is because Mars, what they've discovered is that Mars doesn't have tectonic plates, right. unlike Earth. Yes. Um, they have to measure, like, what the, the reason it has to be so sensitive is because, you know, they want to get a fuller picture. But at the same time, like, if there's no tectonic plates and they're not, like, rubbing around, yes, there are still what they call Mars quakes, um, but essentially they're like super dull, like really, stable. really stable. So, you know, I think they should build a, uh, a, a data storing center on Mars because you've got no earthquakes and you've got cold weather and it would just be perfect for storing massive amounts of data. Oh, right. And old artifacts and yeah, because I mean, you think about data storage, you've got to have, you know, um, you've got to have the cool weather because you've got, you're creating so much heat by mm. all of those, you know, banks of computers and you have to air condition the thing, which is hungry on electricity. On Mars, you wouldn't have to do that. Just open the door. Yeah. 
and 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 you could uh, and there's no earthquakes. So it's never going to be data's never going to be damaged. Mm. I, I'm a, I'm a genius right here. You are really uh, smart. I, I think I think I just want to see like will the internet technology. Well, hey, if they are able to film from the moon in 1969, I'm sure that they'll be able to send a reliable signal to Mars nowadays. You would think so. You, you would think you so. You know, they can't send one to inland Australia, but they can send one to Mars. My, uh, my brother owns a data company. Maybe I'll give him a call and ask him, how, how much would it be to, to send that data out to Mars? <laughs> just send out get, a, get him to do a quote for me. Oh, the, <laughs> a quote. It's like, yeah, I just want to... That's, that's Forget the, the cloud. Let's put that's it on Mars. probably like the biggest problem with that is that the price to send out anything to Mars yes. would be so expensive. <laughs> it would have to be like some pretty high quality data like, yes. and a very sizable amount of it. Actually, the thing they've found with Mars as they've measured the seismic activity is that it's got a really, really soft center. Oh, okay. so they're, and they're now kind of dubbing it the, the Marshmallow. But yeah, it's got it's like you know it's like similar layout to the to the Earth in terms of you know having crust and then in layers and whatnot. I wonder whether any planets other than Earth has tectonic plates, and I wonder whether Earth has tectonic plates because of the flood and because Mm. of sin. That's a good question worth asking. What need would there be of tectonic plates in a world without sin? Like that's that's yeah. that's my ultimate thought, right? Mm. Yeah, we're the only one with tectonic plates. That's interesting. It is interesting. Well, are we are we going to create tectonic plates in Mars by sending? We need to find it? out. Ooh, heavy stuff. Do any other pla- planets have it? Just finally, before I close out, a hotel in Iceland is offering people a three-week stay if they come and photograph the Northern Lights for them. There's like a five-star luxury hotel. I'm looking at someone in the studio who would sh- probably should do that. It's Shell Southwell. She's a gun photographer. Please sign up to this and go to Iceland. Not that we want you to leave, but... uh. (laughs) You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right. Somebody text us through. We'd love to hear from our listeners. So please do do, do, do text through Mm -hmm. to say that space travel, for those who make it to heaven, first resurrection... Uh, they will travel the universe from galaxy to galaxy visiting other worlds. I will save my money for the tickets for then. Let's go. Absolutely. And, of course, you can uh, pre-purchase those tickets. Amen. Um, and right now it would be a great time to mm-hmm. pre-purchase those tickets. By giving your heart to Jesus Christ. Absolutely, Amen. absolutely. All right, what's okay. happening? Current news. Oh, COVID conspiracy this theories. Is, okay, so this is – no, no, this is seriously. This is the greatest COVID conspiracy that there is. Uh-huh. And I'm going to share it with you. And um, I'm, I'm going to do a Facebook post on this as well because – and I rarely do Facebook posts, but this is something that – uh, I have been observing over the mm-hmm. last couple of years, and it has been a conviction that has grown on me. Um, and my, to to be honest, I believe that basically every single person I know has been deceived by this conspiracy. Wow, it's been that effective, and this is what this is what COVID has actually been used for. Uh-huh. Now, if you don't believe me, I'm going to prove it by the text messages that we get after I present this mm-hmm. because people are not going to be able to help themselves. Mm-hmm. All right. So the greatest vaccine conspiracy is not the potential harm that the vaccine may or may not have. It is not whether the vaccine works or not. It is not whether COVID is deadly, as deadly as we think it is or we're told it is or not. It's not even the precedents that are being created for population control, these are not the greatest COVID conspiracies. Okay. 
there is a much greater COVID conspiracy. So I've been watching this um, since the beginning of COVID and I've watched my social media feed uh, transform itself to the point now where it is 90% of my feed is people arguing uh, COVID and vaccines backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. This side of the argument, that side of the argument, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then there's a little bit of personal stuff that comes through from here to here to the point where, to be honest, it's just become nauseating. Mm. Now, totally. meanwhile, out of the major issues that are happening in our world right now, none of them, not a single one has popped up on my feed. Like the really big issues. Yeah. So none of them have come up. So here is the greatest COVID conspiracy is not whether it's it's a good thing or a bad thing, the vaccine or whatever else it might be. Is not even how it is being used to gain population control. The greatest COVID conspiracy is how it is being used to distract you and I from the real issues. Wow. Because those issues are nowhere near my social media feed. Mm. So I've concluded that. Nobody knows about these issues, and I talk to people about them all the time. They go, oh, wow, really? I've never heard about that before. Mm. Why did you never hear about that? The reason is because you are too busy, consumed. Your whole head is just consumed with COVID stuff. Yeah, wow. Okay, so I'll give you some examples. I mean, just run through them real quick. There's, there's, there's a couple here from the last week, the last seven days. In Washington State, it is now illegal for a religious organization to deny employment to a person who opposes the beliefs of said organization. Mm. In other words, if we had somebody come to you know Faith FM here who preached theology that was different from ours, it would be illegal, to, you know, if if we were in uh, Washington State to not hire them for that reason. Mm. Which basically means the state now determines and enforces what is acceptable theology for a religious organization. Yeah, wow. That's pretty heavy stuff. In Colorado, it is illegal for you to own a design business that refuses to communicate messages against your religious beliefs. Mm. So if you have religious beliefs and you say, I'm not going to communicate a message in my design work uh, that is against those beliefs, it's you, you're done. Close down. Wow. Uh, we talked about this last week. In Russia, your friendly local JWs from down the street have been given eight-and-a-half-year prison sentences for collecting an offering because they're funding an extremist organisation. This is in a country that only hands out three years for rape. Mm. China has, what, one to two million? We've talked about this forever. Muslims in concentration camps, these are people imprisoned for their faith. Mm. Uh, if, you've, if a person is struggling with body acceptance and asks me to pray for them, my neighbour overhears it and reports me to the Victorian government, I can be extradited to that state to face 10 years jail. Wow. Same if a person is gender fluid and they ask me to pray for them and I accept, I assent to their prayer request, I can be sent to Victoria for jail. Uh, in Canada, you've, right now you've got a man who is in jail for vocalising his opposition to his daughter's uh, school chemically and socially changing his child's gender long before he found out or gave any kind of consent. Now, these are stories that I could go on and on and on and on about, mm. and these are stories that are directly affecting our religious liberty right now. These yeah. are stories that have wow. happened. This is not people looking into the future and saying, well, you know, COVID's going to call this and COVID's going to cause that and, you know, COVID's going to cause something else. No, these are actually have happened... And why is it that no one on my social media feed is mentioning 
any of these stories. Isn't that interesting, hey? The way yes. focused on the potential that COVID has to limit religious freedom, yet religious We're, freedom, freedom being is being stripped already away from limited. us while we are distracted by COVID. Wow. Mm. Ask yourself, why did you? Why are you hearing these stories for the first time right now? Ask yourself that. Why haven't you? Why hasn't it been all over your feed? Wow. The reason it hasn't been all over your feed is because the only thing on your social media feed is COVID, mm. and that is the greatest. COVID conspiracy theory of all time. That is what COVID is being used for. COVID is being used to distract us from all of the religious liberty and freedoms that are being stripped out of our world right now. Mm. Whether real or intentional, I can't state. But that is that that is the real conspiracy. And you know what? I'm going to take that one step further. And I'm going to ask you this question. When was the last time you saw your on your social media feed, somebody just talking about Jesus, Mm. just talking about his character, just talking about wanting to be like him. When was the last time you saw that? Now let's put these issues on a scale, shall we, of importance. You've got Jesus and his character and being like Jesus. Because that's what that's what Christianity is all about is living a life like Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that at the top. Yes, I'm going to put then underneath of that. I'm going to put as a secondary thing religious liberty legislation that is not predicted, but that has happened. Mm. And then below that, I'm going to put all of the dire predictions that may or may not have as a result of COVID or may or may not happen as a result of the vaccine. Mm. And put all of those below that. And then look at your social media feed and what you're going to find is that your social media feed is going to be the exact opposite of what I've just said, which means that Satan's conspiracy has worked. Man, it's not even. It's not. Now even you like, wait. You watch. You watch all the text messages coming through mm. and correcting me on this. Oh no, it's all about COVID. I only get so many text messages right now on it all being about COVID. And, and when I post this up on social media, you watch. Everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon underneath and go, "Oh no, no, no! It's all about COVID. You're missing the point." No, I'm not missing the point. You're missing the point wow. because you are missing Jesus Christ. You are missing the end time issues that we're facing right now, which are about religious liberty. And it doesn't stop on social media either. I, I, no, your conversations everywhere yeah. you go. I, I saw a post on Reddit that was like from a from an it was from a church. And it was this guy preaching about COVID. And I'm like, is there is there better things to preach about? Yes. Absolutely. Let's preach about <laughs> Jesus. I mean, hey, let's not ignore what's happening, but let's get our priorities straight. Amen. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. But joining us on the phone this morning for our regular chat um, about... Uh, oh, before we go there, I think Lawson has more to say. Yeah, I was just going to quickly reread it. What two foods were said to flow from the land of Canaan? And secondly, you can win, if you stop at 300 points, an amazing Facts Pocket Sermon. So, guys, please get in 0491-064-669. All right, over to you, Lyle. Okay, joining us on the phone this morning is uh, David Helped. David, welcome to the show. Good morning, Lyle. Uh, I hope that you've swallowed that mouthful of food. <laughs> 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 uh, 
yes, it's swallowed. Uh, it's gone now. Okay. David. We're talking about grandparents, isn't it? I need some help. I'm a brand new grandparent. What can you tell me? You're, you're a grandparent of significant experience and I, I'm hoping you're going to be able to help me with, uh, some ideas and some insights on grandparenting this morning and maybe even talk about some of the challenges. Yeah. Lyle, there's benefits for both the child as well as for the grandparent. So starting with the grandparent, if you are a sole grandparent, let's focus on the negative first and then we go to the positive. If you're a sole grandparent that has sole responsibility of your grandchildren, you actually stand the chance of falling into a depressed state. Okay, so if you're actually but raising your grand- your grandchildren yourself. If you're raising your grand uh, your grandchildren and you've got sole responsibility for that, you need additional help. You need support from outside because you stand the potential of, of going into a depressed state. But um, the phenomenal part is that if you're a grandparent, you also stand the chance of leading a a longer life, boosting brain function, and protect you against depression. So in other words, it gives you a new lease of life and actually oxytocin flows. And I've got the the privilege of being the grandfather of five little granddaughters. They each one live with their parents, but um, I use every opportunity that I can get to get to them and to play with them. Two of them live with us in the house with their parents. And what a joy it is to to play with them. It's interesting that grandfathers, although they have a major role uh, in, in the, the grandchildren's lives, often the grandfather is more involved in activities and mentoring, while grandmothers are more involved in nurturing of the grandchildren. But then again, for the grandchild, uh, some phenomenal study has been done in the UK by Professor Anne uh, Buchanan that uh, she did a study of 1,500 children and found that higher level of grandparent involvement in, in their grandchildren's lives caused them to have fewer emotional and behavioral problems later in life and even in school. And uh, those that had a strong grandparent involvement in their life uh, had a reduced adjustment difficulty when there's crisis in the family, for instance, like divorce or death or those kind of things. So it is phenomenal influence that a grandparent can have on a child's life. Yeah, that's um, that is absolutely remarkable. I would never have, uh, I would never have actually thought about the health benefits for both the grandchild and the grandparent. You often think about, you know, we need to have children being raised by, you know, the ideal is two biological parents, but it sounds like the ideal is two biological parents and four biological grand- grandparents. Yeah. Well, as, as grandparents, uh, in the past, we used to retire much earlier. We nowadays are working much longer. In the past, you know, your use by date came much sooner and having grandchildren around you gave you a new lease of life. I just enjoy when I I make those special times where I just cut off a weekend from my busy life and uh, I especially plan to get involved with my grandkids 
and we can just go and watch them run around or they jump on my lap. And uh, it's granddad, tickle monster, play with us or play rough car. And they sit on my lap and uh, I make as if we're going four-wheel driving. And uh, they just laugh and you know, fight to get onto a person's lap. It gives you a new purpose in life. It de-stresses you, releases that oxytocin, that bonding hormones, and you just feel young again. Uh, for that grandchild, without realizing it's phenomenal transformation in their life. It's very interesting, the roles that... Uh, grandparents play in a family. And, and we don't always think about this, but they are the historian that connects that child to the history of, of their family. So often I find that my grandkids would come and, and while we're driving, they'd say to me, uh, Granddad, tell me a story. Tell me a story of your life. And it, it is so vitally important to connect that child, to give them the sense of belonging. They belong not just to their own parental family home, but they belong to a much wider and greater family. I'm an immigrant. My grandkids have never seen my, uh, my family because they're 16,000 kilometers away. The stories that I share with them anchor them to the, the, the rest of the family far beyond. Um, Please stop me. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead. Yeah, well, I, I, was gonna, I was just going to jump in for a second, David, and, and yeah. ask the question here. How old are your grandchildren? You've got five, five granddaughters. What ages are they? Uh, they range from 11 years of age right down to uh, four years of age. Cause, I mean, so I've got two, yep. two kids with, uh, you know, three in the one and two with the other. I was just going to comment you know, how remarkable it is having become a grandparent. Um, and, of course, you know, our granddaughter is two weeks old. But, you know, for a, a newborn baby, for, for, you know, for, for us guys, and, and you might be different from me, I don't know, but I'm the, kind of, I'm the kind of person who, you know, somebody has a newborn baby and you're sort of saying, like, oh, there's a newborn, it's cute, and that's sort of like the last thing you think about it. And we sort of wait until the kid grows up so that we can actually interact with the kid as, you know, one of the, one of the uh, younger members of our church and so forth, maybe, you know, teach them in, in, uh, in one of the children's classes or whatever. But when it's your own grandchild... And it's a newborn because you kind of look at newborns, they don't really do much. They just eat, sleep, cry, poop. They've got about four different functions. And, you know, I've, I've just always seen newborns as being boring and this granddaughter has arrived and she's just absolutely amazing and I can't get enough time with her. Uh, it's just been the most uh, – it's, it's an incredible experience. And, I, and so I guess I see for the first time now from experience what you're saying about how it gives a new lease of life. Because I suddenly feel younger again. Exactly. And while I, I was a fairly uh, hands-on father, uh, my wife always worked as a nurse, and um, so I was also very hands-on. A grandfather still is, and even during the pregnancy of my daughter, the eldest child that I have first started off with a family, I had started to connect with my grandchild before birth. Mm. In other words, just sitting there next to her, close to her abdomen, and singing a little Zulu song for my little granddaughter. And I, I can still remember uh, them bringing the little one home and holding her in my arms for that first time, 
starting to hum that Zulu song, I'm pretty sure I could see a little uh, small, you know, on on her face. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't the wind that she had. Mm. But a recognition immediately of that voice that used to sing for her prior even to, to, you know, to birth. And we've got a very special bond, my eldest little granddaughter. The same with the others, but I especially did this experiment with her. That's amazing. There's obviously a lot that we can do, you know, even before our children are born. I mean, um, I, uh, I, 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 last Saturday night, you know, I was over with, with the family and holding my little granddaughter and read her a Bible story. Now, she doesn't understand a word of what I was saying, but I was kind of hoping she just appreciates the sound of her grandfather's voice and, you know, begins to connect that way. Uh, and I think that I think that what you're saying there is that is that they do. At the moment, her little brain is like a little sponge, just drinking in all the information that you give her. You'll notice that she's watching your facial expression. So don't hold back to connect with her facially, to look at her, to smile at her, and uh, to keep on talking to her. And, and you read those Bible stories because it's instilling in her mind as well as for her future, setting her up for a whole new uh, life than what she would have had if you didn't do that to her. Mm. It, uh, it's, it's something that I um, – or well, something else that I wanted to talk about it with grandparents is, in the, spirit, is the spiritual influence that they can have on, my grand, on their grandchildren. And the reason, that I, yeah. the reason that I bring this up is my wife's story. Uh, so her father was not a Christian. Her mother um, was an ex-Christian. And uh, when her and her sister, um, you know, they, they became toddlers and so forth, and the grandparents started taking them to church every week. And they did that for years until eventually they're like, oh, Mom, Dad, we wish you'd come with us. And eventually Mum and yeah. Dad started going as well and gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. Um, and it's just, to me, that was a great story of, you know, the spiritual influence that grandparents can have. Is there something you'd like to comment there on, you know, because obviously we, we see the ideal is, is, you know, once again, the biological mother and father raising their children and raising them in a relationship with Jesus Christ. But is there a role there for grandparents as well? Very much so. Remember that as a grandparent, you're a role model, you're a spiritual guide, you're a playmate, you're a mentor, you're a nurturer that actually has less stress around you to, and, and therefore can be present for that child. Uh, the, the parents so often feel they've got something to prove and, and therefore requires the child to act in a certain way while their grandparent can just have the child be there and connect with them and therefore has a greater influence on that child for eternity. And therefore, the way that that, child, uh, that that grandparent lives, the mentorship that they provide spiritually will become lasting influence in that child's life. I've worked so often with young people that have gone off the rail, and I bring in an older volunteer connected with that person that resembles uh, that grandparent that might have died off for, for that young person. And the connection is immediate and immediate a spiritual connection as well because they recognize the influence that that grandparent had in their life. Phenomenal influence that you can have on your child's life. Mm. 
That's when you talk about bringing in an older person like that. It um, that really impacted me from you know my own uh, my my son's story, and so you know my children grew up where my uh, my parents were in Zambia, um, Shell's parents were in the United States, and so the grandparents were actually a long way away. And there was an older woman who was a friend of ours and was more or less their babysitter when we needed a babysitter. And our boys actually adopted her as their adopted grandmother. Yeah. And, uh, and, and her name was Florence. And mm. now that my first granddaughter's been born, uh, and she's passed away um, since then, but they called her Florence to perpetuate the memory of this older person who was a part of the church and who took a grandparenting role in their life and wasn't even a grandparent. And, and Lyle, it is so important. The Bono report shows that the a young person that stays in the Christian church has someone older than themselves who is not related to them that has taken care of them and taken you know, active involvement in, in their life. So the role that we play as grandparents, I always, when it comes to Mother's Day, I invite in my church, I invite all the mothers to come up, and there might be one or two in the church who hasn't got children anymore or have never had children. Each one of them actually is a parent or grandparent to a child in my church. has to be to, to act in that role, to, to live an influential life in a child's life. Mm, mm. David, thank you so much for joining us uh, to talk about the value of grandparenting and the value of just taking an interest in the younger people in your church. Even if you aren't a grandparent, we can always be a grandparent to somebody if we uh, have younger people in our church. David, thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to chatting again next week. Blessings to you all. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.